It's so good to spend some time in prayer and in worship, more focused on God than anything else. It helps bring us into that place of perspective. God is so good. And whatever problem it is we're facing, whatever the need we have today, the goodness of God, the provision of God gives us some comfort, some strength, some knowledge that it's it's reasonable. It's our reasonable response to worship God and to believe that the same God who has provided for us including life and the ability to breathe and salvation through Jesus, an ability to be forgiven of where we've gone wrong, that that same God can answer the prayer requests we have today. Uh, Let's pray together for each other as I pray for you today. God, I thank you for our spiritual family, for anyone that's watching this, God. And we all are going through something unique in life. We all have a need, something that we would bring before you today. And God, I just ask that for anyone who needs a healing miracle, Lord, I believe today there is somebody who's got a problem with their back and it seems irreparable. God, there's pain, there's weakness. Lord, I ask for healing in the name of Jesus. Would you do a healing miracle for them? God, where there might be a disorder of the blood. Lord, I pray for a healing miracle in the name of Jesus. Where there might be pain or inflammation, let there be healing and strength and flexibility in the name of Jesus. God, whatever the disorder, the disease, I'm asking for creative miracles in the name of Jesus. Would you do your work? Show yourself strong that we would know we'd be able to recognize them as miracles. And God, I know that there are a number of people that are just in a place of needing to have peace that comes from you that's that's a real change that's a real spiritual strength and god i ask that you would help each of us to know how to put away distraction and draw spiritual strength from you right now lord would you help people to sense your presence sense your spiritual strength sense your peace with whatever they're going through lord please do miracles of provision of employment miracles of provision of finance miracles of breakthrough to things that have seemed Uh, impenetrable, things that have seemed hindrances and hurdles. God, I pray that you would help us to overcome obstacles, Lord, according to your will. God, that we would be blessed to be a blessing to others. I thank you for what you're doing in us, around us, and through us in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. I'm glad that we can be together. Hey, it's May 9th. Happy Mother's Day. Uh, I want to say a huge, from all our church family, a huge happy Mother's Day to all of the moms that are in our fellowship. Uh, Some that have had amazing and wonderful years. Some that have had very challenging years. Some that have uh, suffered loss and difficulty. We care about you so very much. We're here for you today. We are celebrating you. We have some truly um, wonderful mothers in our church, examples of compassion, examples of faithfulness, examples of generosity. We are blessed and we say bless you all the moms today. Hey, coming up on May 12th, we say happy birthday to Josh. Happy birthday, Josh, man. Uh, you're growing so much and uh, working in the neighborhood on top of school and proud of you. Um, also, uh, on the same day, May 12th, is Jeff's birthday. Happy birthday, Jeff. Man, it's been great to uh, start to get to know you and uh, we're thankful for that opportunity. 
uh, we want to give you an invitation to join us this coming Saturday, May 15th with another grocery distribution. I have a big truck of over 500 boxes of groceries and we've been able to network a number of different groups to distribute them to people in need. But this is a great opportunity for you to be in relationship with your neighbors, find out who could use a little bit of extra support. Come, uh, get a get a box or several uh, to take to them, to neighbors, uh, other people that you know, friends, family, co-workers that could use a little bit of extra help in the midst of a challenge that they might be facing. Uh, we've networked a bunch of groups, so most of these uh, boxes of 375 of the more than 500 are already pre-assigned for groups of people that are delivering them directly to people in need. Going to be out at the Weinberg Y, that's the YMCA on 33rd Street. We would love for you to come on out and uh, share a bit of uh, TLC with the neighborhood, uh, wave direct traffic, greet people, maybe offer to pray with people, help us unload the truck, help us to organize the boxes, put boxes into vehicles. Maybe you can help us make deliveries. We've got a few deliveries that we need to make as well. So that's this coming Saturday, May 15th. Volunteers, please show up at 915. Um, and I want to just say thank you to everybody that came together for prayer. We had some in-person prayer in the church building yesterday, Saturday, May 8th. Thank you to everybody who did that. Our next prayer meeting is going to be May 23rd, um, Sunday, May 23rd. I very strongly believe that this is an important time for us to start to, using safe practices, get together in person to pray. Pray for each other communicate with God, listen to God, pray for the church family, pray for the neighborhood, pray for Baltimore City. This is a really important time for us to activate prayer. So would you please uh, join us uh, May 23rd for that as well. And we have been so excited uh, through our email newsletter and our Thursday night Zoom to make an announcement that we're going to have our first in-person church service on a Sunday morning coming up. That's going to be 9 a.m. Sunday, May 16th. May 16th, mark it on your calendar. We would love to see you uh, coming out. We have um, obviously, uh, considering the coronavirus um, and uh, challenges that it brought, we are going to be approaching that 14-month mark of not doing in-person church. I'm thankful for all the different people that have volunteered their time and their energy to help us try to get a handle on coronavirus and to try to think through the safe practices that have contributed to the decisions and plans that we have made to use safe practices. And you'll see those um, communicated in different ways. Uh, through our website, through uh, email, and then when you show up. So, and obviously, if you're not comfortable coming together, it's all good. We love you. We care about you. Um, and the online uh, services uh, and, vert and Zoom meetings are going to continue. But please, come on out. Join us uh, Sunday, May 16th, 9 a.m. for in-person uh, church. All right. Um, hey, God loves you. Did you know that God saved you because he loves you? God leads us because he loves us. And we have been, um, over the last uh, three weeks before today, looking at what can we learn from Jesus, from the people who directly learned from Jesus. On April 18th, we looked at, we are following Jesus from Acts 2. April 25th, we looked at We Are Learning from Acts 2. And um, last Sunday, May 2nd, We Are Spiritual Family. And um, 
it's a way for us to say, hey, listen, we're in this space and time where our normal rhythms and activities have been disrupted, have been changed. God's given us an opportunity to get creative, to find new ways of gathering, new ways of being in relationship with each other, and and even to kind of reimagine what it means to be a church. And what we see from what Jesus taught and how the people who heard him teach responded is that we've got a really good example of the values, the priorities, the principles about how we can respond to Jesus. And um, last week, I referenced the book, uh, When the Church Was a Family, uh, by Joseph H. Hellerman. Um, It's got some uh, good information there. Uh, What you find is that on these subjects, there's a lot of books that are just written to tell you, hey, here's the cool thing that happened at our church and we think that you should do. But maybe that's not what God wants us to do. Maybe God wants us to be creative, uh, but at the same time, God has a purpose. God has values. God has priorities, things that he's been communicating through people for centuries in a bunch of different settings. And one of the books that is a little bit heavier uh, as far as deeper in content that I found to be really helpful for understanding what we're reading in the New Testament about how they did church um, what that meant to them, what it truly meant to them without all the trappings of what we see and hear and know today uh, from the New Testament and then from the historical documents that we have from that time period in the New Testament and immediately after. The Emergence of the Church, Context, Growth, Leadership, and Worship by Arthur Patsia um, is a great book to that end for just, let's hey, let's get in deep to what did it really mean to them in the New Testament um, and the people that followed. So I don't know about you, but I want to learn from Jesus and I want to understand what it means. And I think we have a great example here in Acts chapter 2 of the people who heard Jesus with their own ears, how they responded and what they did about it. So what we're going to focus on today from the verse in Acts chapter 2 verse 42 um, is sharing life. They were sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper. Let's look at the verse. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. That's what they did. So what we have is this Middle East, Mediterranean culture starting off Acts chapter 2. We're in Jerusalem at that point. And where there's a blend of cultures, ethnicities, different things going on. Rome Rome is ruling and is in power. But we have a group of people that have received this gift of new spiritual life from Jesus. Of forgiveness of sins and cleansing and, and with heaven as their future home. And they responded in a really specific way. And the recording that we get here was to help people in the decades that follow, understood what understand what actually happened, understand what was really important so that they could know what they should do. And I think that this section, it's relevant to us. It's relevant to us today in that anything that we're reimagining, anything that we're thinking about, hey, let's make sure that we're doing the things that are meaningful, we should consider where it all started. We should consider what did the people who heard Jesus do? What did they, how did they respond? And so with that, uh, we see that they, they received new spiritual life and that brought about a community forming event for them. Um, and they became active learners. We see this word devoted, 
Uh, they devoted themselves to a few things. And devoted means to continue to do something with intense effort despite difficulty. To devote oneself to, to keep on keeping on, to persist in. Uh, last week we looked at the word koinonia. They devo- devoted themselves to the fellowship. And that koinonia word is participation. It's sharing with a close bond in a, in a double-sided relationship where, where both people are giving and receiving. There's mutual benefit. Hey, we're in this together. It's sharing with someone. It's sharing together in something. They devoted themselves to this new spiritual journey with sharing. We're in this together. And it was a different culture. It was marked. It was unique from what the Greeks had been doing. It was unique from what the Romans had been doing. It was unique, excuse me, it was unique from what the Jews had been doing. What Jesus' followers were doing was new, and people paid attention, and people found it interesting and attractive, and they wanted to be um, a part of it. And so today, let's, let's take a look at something that I think is easy to gloss over, feel like we understand that I don't really know that we, um, even before COVID, I think we could do better with applying. And we even now, even considering safe practices and stuff, we could apply it a little bit better. And here's the, here's the phrase we're focused on today. They devoted themselves to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper. Now, let's read a little bit the larger context of verses because I think it helps us understand it a little bit better. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Now, I've been following Jesus for a little while now, and I have read over these verses a bunch of times. And not always caught three values that we see in this sharing the meals, including the Lord's Supper. And I think there are three values that are really important for us now. Regardless of where we're at on the perspective of quarantine um, and safe practices, for us now and going forward, there's three values for us that I think we really should sit up and listen to because they're beneficial. Um, we are not wired to go through life alone. That's why one of the worst punishments that has been created um, by governments is putting someone in solitary confinement. And even the most introverted introvert is not going to want solitary confinement in that way. We're wired for relationship. We benefit from relationship. And so the first of the values that I see in this verse is together together. They were eating together. And this is recorded specifically here and in a bunch of other places, actually, because it was noticed as being entirely new, as being unique, because they were a diverse group of people. Think about it. You had fishermen, blue-collar people, um, and their families. You had, uh, so small business people, 
you had um, Zacchaeus and Matthew, tax collectors who'd been despised by the people who were Jews among them in particular, not really liked by a whole lot of people. You would have had uh, people that Jesus healed from leprosy a disease where nobody wanted to touch them, nobody wanted to be around them. And that would have been like, you're going to sit down and have a meal with someone healed from leprosy. Yeah, that's a part of the value of the Christian church. That was a part of their spiritual practice. It was a priority. It was something that they did. But it, it wouldn't have necessarily been easy. These are real people. Um, you had people that had made a lot of mistakes in their life and had a bad reputation as a result. You had people that their mistakes in life were spiritual pride and thinking that they were better than anybody else because they were doing certain things certain ways or not doing certain things. You had people that had, there were people following Jesus that actually had a great deal of money. And you had plenty of people following Jesus that had very little money at all. Um, and I don't know if this is starting to sink into you, but there was a lot of different cultures. And then we have the racial aspect of it. Now, obviously, we believe that God created one human race. We share that ancestry in our blood and that we are equal in value. But people certainly do tend to group up and look down on others and put others down. And there definitely was between Jews and Samaritans, between Romans and Jews, between Greeks and Romans. There was animosity towards each other culturally. So we've got educational diversity, economic diversity, um, family diversity, um, reputation diversity, money diversity. Uh, we, we, we've got uh, racial uh, diversity. Um, and even within individual race, different groups like Sadducees, Pharisees. So you've got this wide variety of people, but they're getting together to share meals. And other people are like, whoa, why, why would you eat with a person like that? Why would you go do that? This is, they'd received new life from Jesus. And so one of the ways that they showed that they had listened to what Jesus had taught them, that they had watched the example of Jesus, the way Jesus lived, who Jesus ate with, right? Because Jesus liked to eat. I mean, have you been noticing as this year we've been reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, now we're in John, we've been reading the different eyewitness accounts of Jesus. There's a number of stories where Jesus is eating. What they learned from Jesus was this value system of eating with other people, regardless of perceived differences. It showed their value for the other person. And in, in this ancient Middle East culture, eating together with other people was a big deal. It was really important. It was uh, it could be a sign of social status. It definitely was a sign that you had a value for the other person. There's not just driving through uh, Chick-fil-A, Mickey D's someplace, and boom, you got a meal in your car. No, this is, you got to be involved with, at, at a bare minimum, buying all the raw ingredients and then putting them together, cooking them, preparing them, and then eating them together in that way. So there's work involved. There's time, energy, and money involved to sitting down and sharing a meal with each other. And so in at this time and in this place, beyond that, there was all this other cultural meaning. It was a really high value to eat with other people. And you would eat with other people that you really wanted to be with. So they're saying, hey, we really want to be with these other Jesus followers. We're going to get 
together and share our meals together. They learned it from Jesus. They saw what Jesus did. And they practiced it here in this church at this time, Acts chapter 2 in Jerusalem. But then they took that practice to other cities because you see it mentioned in a bunch of the other books of the Bible that where we see the description of what happens in the other churches and other cities. And so eating together, being together in a, a culture of equality, we're all in this together, we're going to care for each other, um, sharing that togetherness was definitely a value and I think relevant for us. Number two is the sharing aspect itself. Like I said, they learned this from Jesus. Jesus noticed on a couple of occasions, hey, people are hungry. People are hungry. And Jesus provides a miracle lunch for thousands of people. Jesus eats with people. Jesus, uh, the provision uh, for the meal, making sure that it's, the, the food is there, was something that he, he noticed. And so what they would do is they would bring food to each other, um, in, and that takes time, energy, and money. And I, I talked about that just a second ago. So they're together in one place, and they're sharing this food. They're sharing this food together. I like this quote from Christine Pohl from the book, Making Room, Recovering Hospitality as a Christian Tradition. A shared meal is an activity most closely tied to the reality of God's kingdom, just as it is the most basic expression of hospitality. I'm really thankful that this is one of the things that, that people do know about our church obviously, especially before COVID, sharing in meals together. But honestly, I think we, we could have done it more before COVID. And I think now we can find new ways to do it safely. And then going forward, as we start to move past um, necessary restrictions, I think it's going to be, it should be a high value to us. I love the fact that right now as a church family, when somebody is sick, when somebody is going through a really serious challenge, uh, maybe a, a, a loss of a job or um, undergoing medical treatment or birthing a new baby into the world, one of the things that our church family does is we kick into gear and we organize a rotation schedule and we bring meals to whoever is going through this. It's something that we've done even through COVID. And I'm thankful for that as a value. And I think it's something we need to remember this as a value, the togetherness and the sharing, and we need to continue to do it. The third thing that you notice here, they shared in meals, including the Lord's Supper. So what I, how I would describe the third, third aspect of this is Jesus-centered. Uh, and let's go back and get a basic understanding of what Jesus did. Luke chapter 22, verses 19 through 20. It's the time of Passover, a meal when Jewish people remembered that God had protected them from death. At this time of Passover, before the, the crucifixion of Jesus, he shares this last meal with them, focusing on the good news, this new covenant where they receive salvation. And here's what happened. He took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and gave it to the disciples, saying, This is my body, which is given to you, given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. After supper, he took another cup of wine and said, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed by with my blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. Jesus instituted a practice. He told them, hey, this is an important thing to do, to be reminded of and thankful for this good news, that you've received salvation, a new spiritual life 
by forgiveness of sins. It was something that Jesus wanted them to do, something that he wanted them to receive. Now, maybe you're at a place where you don't know um, if you believe in this or not. And maybe you are coming to believe it, but you haven't crossed the line of faith to say, hey, okay, I I believe that Jesus is Savior, is Lord, and I want to follow his instruction and turn away from my toxic selfishness, from my mistakes. I want to receive forgiveness in this new spiritual life. If that's you, I want you to repeat this simple prayer after me. And all the rest of us, you've already um, crossed this line of faith in this new spiritual life. I want you to pray for those who would be hearing this uh, and praying this now. So feel free to repeat this simple prayer after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe that you died for me. I confess my sins. Jesus, forgive me. Come into my life. Be my Lord and be my Savior. I turn away from the past, and I turn to you. Thank you. Amen. (laughs) I'm so uh, thankful for anyone that would uh, pray that prayer. We would love to be able to send you uh, a Bible and um, a study that will really help you understand uh, what we believe called the Purple Book, and we'd be glad to connect you with somebody that can help walk you through that as well. So, they, their sharing of meals included the Lord's Supper, which was Jesus-centered, which kept the focus on the good news. It kept a focus on it. And in the early church in particular, they believed that when they shared in this meal that Jesus was in the room. Jesus was with them. And they had joy about it. They had joy because it was this reminder of, hey, we're forgiven. Don't have to walk around as shame from the past. We're forgiven. We can live this new spiritual life with Jesus. And life is good. And the early church also, they believed that. So it was a joyful feast that they would share when they would do it. Uh, But also they saw healing miracles when they shared in the Lord's Supper. And there there was this sense of expectation. Um, I've enjoyed the, the... short book, The Meal Jesus Gave Us by N.T. Wright, The Meal Jesus Gave Us, uh, talking about the meaning of it, but also um, bringing us to a place of thinking through uh, what it meant. Now, I want to bring us back to, uh, in in looking at these three things, um, together sharing in Jesus centered around this idea of sharing in meals and the Lord's Supper, back to the context of the whole thing that we've talked about for the last couple of weeks, which is summed up, I think, really well in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 2 through 6. Okay? Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all, in all, and living through all. We need to, as Jesus followers here and now, have a high value on unity amongst ourselves, loving each other, sharing this spiritual journey, and it includes this sharing in meals and the Lord's Supper. It's really important to us. Now, what obstacles do we have 
to this kind of sharing that we're going to need to climb over? Well, one, the together part. I know that we have, um, by my own personal evaluation, we have a lot of introverts in our church, and some are really introverts, some are not really introverts, uh, but... I know that there are a lot of people that have kind of enjoyed not having to be out and about with as many people through COVID. Um, and that's, that's certainly not everybody. But I think we've got to be honest about the reality that sharing meals with, other, uh, with your church family in particular might be something that you just don't want to do. Because you don't want to be with other people. And maybe it's because you don't think the other person is someone you want to be around. I don't think they were immune to that. That's why this was notable. That's why this was noteworthy. Remember what I said about all the different kinds of people that were in this church. There would have been a lot of human reasons for them to not want to be together. Uh, And they definitely would have hurt each other, uh, said things they shouldn't have, looked at each other in funny ways. You know, I had, I had one person who really took a whole lot of offense to me because they said I looked at them funny when, uh, when we were in a conversation. And I had no idea that my face made any sort of change because I wasn't thinking or feeling what they thought I was thinking and feeling. Sometimes we, we get bumps in the road in our relationship with each other and pain and mistrust develops and prejudice can develop where we prejudge other people based on what we think about them. Um, I've definitely experienced this myself, and I know a lot of you have experienced it from other people too. That's why we've got to experience the forgiveness of God, the miracle love of God that comes through Jesus first. And then it's got to be real in our lives. And if it's real in our lives, it brings transformation. It brings change. It causes us to do things and value things that we wouldn't otherwise do or value. And so we got to be honest about the reality that one of the hurdles we're going to have to go over is together, is I don't want to be together. And maybe um, COVID has just made it easier for you to not think about that and pretend like it's not there and that you don't need to do it or don't need to do it ever again. I can just be comfortable, just take care of myself, me, myself, and I. I, I, I hate to be the one to say it to you, but that's not good for you. It's not God's plan, and it's not the way forward. And in order for us to grow up, uh, to receive the love of God, and then not get spiritually sick, we've got to share it with other people. And what we see in this example that we need to value going forward is being together in that sharing a meal context, being together with each other, with people that maybe we don't like, but with an intent to grow to love each other out of this sense. Remember, devotion, commitment with this value system because it's what Jesus taught. It's the example of Jesus. So that's definitely an obstacle. Another one uh, is just sharing, uh, free, freely giving to other people what's your own. Hey, listen, the people that were sharing in these meals, they, they had to earn the money to buy the ingredients to make the meal, all the effort, no refrigeration. I mean, just think about what would have gone on in that. That's an obstacle, right? It, it, takes, it takes some effort there. And just, just ask my kids if I like to share any of my favorite foods, right? I've got favorite foods, and when my, my kids became teenager, teenagers, I got really protective, like I was one of seven children. 
I was like, man, that's my food. It's not Joe's, right? So sharing food with others might be an obstacle, a hurdle that we need to get over. Number three, um, a hurdle for us, if we're really honest about it, is just the Jesus-centered aspect of it. It's really easy for us when we're experiencing pain, uncertainty, anxiety, and stress to get me first focused, distracted by myself, distracted by the world around me. And then I start to receive the love of God, but maybe I don't let it go down deep and really bring change to me. And so the good news of Jesus, um, a hurdle is selfishness and that's something that we've just got to be honest about. Uh, and here's what I, I just want to suggest as we, we're going to wrap up with three things that I'm suggesting, uh, a few things that we're, I'm suggesting we should do. <clears throat> Maybe the things that were priorities to Jesus and his followers should be priorities to us. Maybe the things that were priorities to Jesus and his followers should be priorities to us. So here, God loves you. He cares about you. He, he, he's giving us these suggestions because it's a benefit. It's a benefit to the community. And remember, following Jesus is really a communal thing, a group thing, a spiritual journey we're going on together. What should we do? Well, one, pray, asking God for wisdom, clarity, and next steps. The Bible says, if you need wisdom, ask God for it. Pray talk to God about this. If you, you noticed where you've made mistakes or where your heart's gotten into a place that's not healthy, just confess that, receive forgiveness, move on, ask God to help you make a change. But definitely ask God for wisdom about this. Because this is a big picture thing, a long-term thing, as well as a specific moment thing. So ask God for wisdom, clarity, and next steps. Two, what that leads us to is budget. Man, why am I cussing right now, right? budget the time, energy, money, and food to be ready to share. We believe in courageous generosity because God's already given us his best with love from Jesus. And so we can uh, choose to live on less of our own time, energy, and money so that we can be generous to other people. But in order to do that, and then you don't starve, it takes some planning, right? You got to think through what's coming in and make a plan to set aside time, energy, and money, and food to be ready to share with other people. Then number three, plan a next step. What is the next step that you can do about this with sharing meals, sharing in the Lord's Supper? What is the next step? Is there somebody in your neighborhood that you can take food to? Is there uh, a way that you, people in your pod, that you can uh, share a meal with uh, safely? Maybe an outdoor uh, meal with enough physical distance, not getting each other sick. Or maybe you're, you're vaccinated um, or you already had COVID, you're immune, whatever it is. What's the next step? Plan a simple next step. Number four, get involved with the grocery distribution. Coming up this Saturday, we're giving away more than 500 boxes of groceries. Giving food to other people is something that we can do. Number five, remember the good news aspect of this with the Lord's Supper. Spend time focused on Jesus. They would come together for communion. We, we did this on a Thursday night not too long ago. We like to do it before COVID. It was something that we did every Sunday. Sharing in the Lord's table brings me back to a frequent reminder of the good news of Jesus. You can, you can do it by yourself. You can do it with 
other people that are in your home or in your neighborhood, share the Lord's table with a cup, a piece of bread, a reminder of the good news of Jesus and what it means. God loves you. God saved you because he loves you, forgives your sins because he loves you, and is bringing us to real change. And it's good for us. And I think we need to be preparing ourselves for how this is going to work in the future. All right? Allow me to pray for you today. God, I thank you so very much for your great love and for the reminder of what you did through this early church and for how it is relevant to us. God, as we are planning things for this week and for the future, would you please just help us to hear wisdom from you and allow our value systems and our thoughts to be shaped by you and help us to get that wisdom and clarity and plan next steps. I thank you, God, for who you are and all that you've done in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hey, thank you for joining us today. Grace and peace to you. Have a great week.